A Christmas shopping scare, gunfire at an Austin mall, the latest on the violence over the weekend at Barton Creek Square. And a gorgeous winter day, but the weather starts to look a little different tomorrow in your first warning forecast. And the U.S. Secretary of Defense is hoping to restart hostage negotiations, what his meeting with Israel's Prime Minister means for the war in Gaza. And as many shop for holiday gifts, some are still reeling from a really scary situation at Barton Creek Mall over the weekend. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. I'm Britt Moreno. I'm Daniel Marine. One person was shot but is expected to recover. The shooting sent many people scrambling for cover in the backs of stores. Kaxan's Grace Reader checked in with the mall about security. from inside Barton Creek Mall over the weekend show chaos after one person was shot just outside of the mall Saturday evening. That person was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. About 10 young men ran into the store that I was in at full speed saying shooter. Immediately the employees there jumped into action, pulled the gate closed, locked it. People in the mall described fleeing to the backs of stores. This video sent to us by an Abercrombie employee. It's not the first time something like this has happened. Exactly two years ago, shattered glass mistaken for gunshots triggered a panic at the same mall. This is surveillance video from that incident in 2021. If this is the new normal, I think it has to change. Though Barton Creek Mall wouldn't talk to us about whether protocol was followed this weekend, a mall security consultant said typically stores have their own safety plans on top of what the mall has. They will normally issue what's called a tenant handbook. And in that handbook, there will be a, a section on emergency communication. A spokesperson for Barton Creek Mall also declined to say whether they were adding more security after this incident. We also asked the Austin Police Department if they would increase patrols and didn't hear back. Typically in the, at the Christmas season, mall managers and developers will increase the number of uniformed security people simply because the traffic is increasing. For this mother of four who normally wouldn't hesitate to drop her daughters off at the mall, the surreal scene hit home. After going through this experience, I can't imagine I'm going to be doing that anytime soon without any kind of sensible gun reform. Grace Reader, KXAN News. And as Grace mentioned, two years ago today, people came flooding out of the same mall after glass was shattered during a robbery. Many people mistook that to be gunshots. Police initially responded to that as an active attack, but nobody was injured in that incident. We are also working to find out who all was involved in a 6th Street shooting that happened over the weekend that killed one person and injured three others. It all happened just before midnight on Saturday on East 6th Street between Brazos and San Jacinto. Officers opened fire on a man they say was trying to go into a bar with a gun. We do have video of what happened and a breakdown of what is visible in it online at KXAN.com. Three officers involved had been put on administrative duty until an internal investigation is complete. On KXAN News at 6 later tonight, we'll talk to folks who live and work downtown for their take on what happened. A man convicted of sexually abusing a child was just recaptured after escaping a Texas prison yesterday. Authorities in Brazoria County confirmed. Now, Robert Yancey Jr., 39 years old, had escaped the Clemens Unit detention just south of Houston yesterday afternoon. According to the county sheriff's office, Yancey was caught in the neighboring Matagorda County. Now, Yancey had been serving a life sentence without parole for the aggravated sexual assault of a child. Officials have not yet disclosed any additional charges related to his escape. Well, wind and rain flooded the East Coast in many areas, impacting 59 million people from Virginia to Maine over the weekend and into today. The National Weather Service says that early indications show an EF1 tornado 
touched down in South Carolina as part of that system Sunday. The storm left behind snap trees, debris and other damage in several neighborhoods. Strong winds are also to blame for flipping over a 35,000 pound semi truck that happened. Look at that in the Myrtle Beach area. Meanwhile, storms packing heavy rain and strong winds moved through Rhode Island earlier today, knocking out the power and toppling some trees into some folks homes. And meanwhile, in Philadelphia and New Jersey, three or more inches of rain slammed some areas overnight. Some areas seeing nearly five inches. NBC affiliate WCAU reported dozens of vehicles stalled on flood flooded streets, both in southern New Jersey and in the Pennsylvania suburbs. Here in Central Texas, though, we are a half a country away and really a world away from problems like that. What a gorgeous winter afternoon it has been. Sunshine, but now a few of the first high clouds of the work week that we've seen flooding into Buda and Rock and Dirt Yard Cam. It's a gorgeous day fueled by northeast winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. That's providing slightly cooler weather than what we had on the warm day yesterday. 63 in Georgetown, 65 in Dripping Springs, mid-60s as well from Austin down to San Marcos. Coming up, the weather will change over the next few days, and it starts tonight with clouds increasing. We're tracking several storm systems coming and wetter weather at times over Christmas weekend. Okay, David, thank you so much. Top U.S. officials are in the Middle East and Europe today working to restart hostage negotiations and the next phase of the Israel-Hamas war. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin met with Israel's Prime Minister, urging the Prime Minister to lessen the civilian toll. And protesters are demanding movement to release more than 100 hostages still being held captive by Hamas. NBC's Alice Barr has the details. In the latest sign of the Biden administration stepping up its pressure on Israel to change its tactics in Gaza, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin meeting today with top Israeli officials. While he underscored steadfast U.S. support for Israel and said he was not there to dictate timelines, he did talk about the war moving to a different phase. You're being more, more precise, you're being or more, fo more focused on uh, a specific target set. It comes as U.S. officials are increasingly vocal about the devastating civilian death toll and spiraling humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip. Human Rights Watch now accusing the Israeli government of using starvation as a weapon of war. Israel insists it's trying to protect civilians and this weekend opened a new border crossing for humanitarian supplies, though the defense minister was adamant today. We maintain the right to take all the actions necessary to defend our sovereignty and our citizens. In Israel, growing protests for more action to free the remaining hostages after Israeli soldiers mistakenly shot and killed three hostages in Gaza, believed to have escaped from Hamas. The Israeli military released images of flags the hostages made, writing in Hebrew, help, three hostages. In an effort to broker freedom for those still in Hamas captivity, CIA Director William Burns meeting today in Warsaw, Poland, with Israeli and Qatari officials a U.S. official told NBC News. It's the first known meeting of the group since last month's week-long ceasefire, when roughly 100 hostages were released and humanitarian aid flowed into Gaza. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And on Capitol Hill, Senate negotiators met again today on that urgent national security package that ties funding for Israel and Ukraine to the U.S. southern border. The two sides say they are making progress, but they remain far apart on key immigration policy issues. A man in Delaware arrested for hitting the president's motorcade. His criminal charges coming up.
excuse me, a Delaware man has been charged with drunk driving after crashing into President Biden's motorcade last night. The president and the first lady were getting into their car last night in Wilmington, Delaware, when someone crashed into a motorcade SUV. The 46-year-old driver was charged with driving a vehicle under the influence of alcohol and inattentive driving. Wilmington police are calling the incident an accidental collision. The FAA is looking into why a plane went down on the highway in Burnett on Sunday. A single-engine plane struck a power line and then crashed onto U.S. Highway 281. The FAA report goes on to say the plane struck a vehicle on the highway as well. DPS says the plane took off from the Burnett Airport before hitting the power line. Two people on board that plane had serious injuries. And according to the crash report, the person who was driving the damaged vehicle was also taken to a facility here in Austin but apparently released soon afterwards. Southwest Airlines has agreed to a record $140 million settlement following a federal investigation into the company's meltdown last December. Remember that? How could we forget? Mm -hmm. That's when they canceled thousands of flights and stranded more than 2 million travelers over the holidays. Well, check it out. This was the aftermath of those flight cancellations last year. Remember this? Hundreds of pieces of luggage stuck inside the airport. Southwest Airlines will pay a $35 million fine as part of that $140 million agreement. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg said on MSNBC earlier today that it's not about the money, but the message. This is a multiple, uh, depending how you do the math, about 30 times the biggest penalty we've ever assessed because we really need to send a message to the entire airline industry. Now, most of the settlement will go toward making sure future travelers who are stranded by the airline are compensated as an incentive to keep something like this from ever happening again. Governor Greg Abbott signed two major border bills. Stick around for the impact to physical barriers and a new punishment for illegal entry. And no measurable rain in the area on this 18th of December. Even after a few days of measurable rain late last week, it's still a much drier than normal December to this point. But we do have some rain coming over the holiday weekend. We'll have your forecasts next. Governor Greg Abbott just signed a landmark border security legislation in Brownsville, including more money to expand the border wall and including a controversial change that empowers the state to enforce immigration laws. Let's go live to Monica Madden in Brownsville. Monica. Hey there, Daniel. We're at a construction site where you can see the Texas-Mexico barrier border wall. And I want to point out, too, that we already allocated $1.6 billion in 2021 to build some border wall. Texas so far has built 16 miles of this wall. And Governor Greg Abbott said 33 more miles are in progress. But that's just with the money appropriated in 2021. Now the state has authorized $1.5 additional billion to continue construction of the border, which Governor Abbott says will help keep Texas more safe. Take a listen. This law I'm about to sign will fund many more miles of wall and barrier just like this. Senate Bill 3 will help to deter illegal immigration and support our law enforcement response to the border to the Biden border crisis. So again, we've got $1.5 billion that are going toward the building of this wall. The law does give discretion to the governor's office. He did not say how many miles of wall will be built and where exactly this is going along the 1,200 mile border that Texas shares with Mexico. Uh, again, since the fall, we have allocated all of this money and um, the construction is ongoing. Uh, but I do want to point out that earlier today, we spoke with a group of protesters who were unhappy about these bills that the governor signed into law, saying that they think 
think that a lot of this is ineffective and will create in their communities. Take a listen. It seems so extreme for something that I feel can be worked out in very, a very different way, in a very different manner. One that seems more civil and not just like we're keeping people away, we're keeping people out. Again, the governor really made a point to say that today this is all because of the Biden administration. He says that because the federal government is not doing its job to secure the border, Texas has to spend taxpayer dollars in order to keep our communities safer. And he cited specifically a part of the Constitution that he believes uh, specifically gives Texas the authority to do these types of measures to protect the border, even though it's typically a federal issue. We're going to have a lot more of that in our report later tonight. Britt, Daniel, back to you guys. Thank you, Monica. Also today, U.S. Customs and Border Protection temporarily suspended railway operations at the International Railway crossing bridges in Eagle Pass and El Paso. And what you're looking at now is drone video from Eagle Pass showing migrants waiting for processing right alongside the border. CPB said that the closures were to redirect personnel to assist the U.S. Border Patrol in taking migrants into custody. It is unclear how long the rail line will be closed, but remember, this is one of the busiest shipping periods of the year. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, wrapping up, just a picture-perfect start to the work week today on a Monday evening. We do have some high clouds streaming in as the sun gets lower on the western horizon, live on the Austonian weather cam. Current temperature, very comfortable, 64. By the way, this Thursday is the shortest day in terms of daylight of the winter, the winter solstice coming up on December 21st. Unfortunately, with today's dry, breezy, sunny weather, cedar season is ramping up, and these are ideal conditions for a little explosion of cedar pollen. Cedar is one of the highest counts we've seen so far young in this cedar season this winter. Mold, meantime, trending upward, but also in low concentrations. Here are the clouds coming in from the west. Dry weather continues for another day tomorrow, but we've got some big changes as a wetter weather pattern overall returns for Christmas weekend. We have several different areas of low pressure spinning along or west of the U.S. West Coast. This is the one that we care about, about 700 miles west of Seattle and Vancouver. Let's talk about how this could affect our Christmas holiday. Projecting it forward, you see this low pressure diving toward Los Angeles and San Diego, putting it in a pretty prime spot to approach our area by the weekend and bring us rain. Here's the complicating factor. It's not going to just slam into us like the last storm did on Friday. It weakens and may get absorbed by or sort of merge with a stronger secondary storm system coming into the northern Rockies by Saturday. Here's a third complicating factor. Not only are these going to dictate each other's tracks and possibly merge into a larger storm, but a third storm enters the party by Christmas Day, also trying to come our way in some form or fashion. So we call this a complicated weather pattern. Here are the bottom lines. We do expect the possibility, at least, fingers crossed, of one to two inches of rain. Remember, last, one's, uh, last week's rain projections kind of fizzled out, hoping this holds true uh, through Christmas Day. What we note right now, though, wet weather is expected at times on Christmas weekend, but it's really important to remember it's not going to be a washout. Very rare to get that for three, four days in a row here. It will not rain the whole time. We'll be able to time out these individual rounds of rain, which look most likely with this setup as it gets a bit closer. What it looks like right now, though, a slight chance of rain enters the picture starting Wednesday. Widespread rain most likely on Friday. Couple more rounds at times on Saturday and Sunday, and then we may be drying out by Christmas Day on Monday. 
Check back tomorrow for updates, all right? In the meantime, the weather stays pleasant, but we do, on the high-resolution models, see some increasing clouds from the west later on tonight. By tomorrow, it is a cloudier day with kind of a mix of clouds and sun by sunrise and still a pleasant one with plenty of breaks of sunshine and dry weather through tomorrow afternoon. So tonight, a little deck of clouds rolls in, light north-northeast winds, chilly, 43 degrees, pretty typical for the season. Tomorrow, it's a little cloudier, but winds swing around to the southeast. These two things kind of mean similar temperatures to today. 67 is our forecast high. Couple sprinkles possible starting on Wednesday, then a few passing showers on the winter solstice Thursday. Widespread rain more likely Friday, then some more periods of wet weather possible through Christmas. And even though it may be wet at times over the holiday weekend across the state, it's going to be much warmer than normal with high temperatures Christmas Eve and day 70 or above. All right, David, thank you very much. Pope Francis has announced a major shift in the Catholic Church when it comes to same-sex couples. Find out what has changed and what has stayed the same. Right now, the FDA says it has discovered the source of lead related to the recent recall of certain applesauce pouches, but still some disturbing questions. Also, we speak to the family of a hostage accidentally killed by Israeli troops. When we see you back here tonight. And this just in tonight, we have received the body cam footage from the shooting on Austral Loop earlier this month. This was all part of a larger shooting spree across Austin and even San Antonio. We're currently looking through that video and we will have a report coming up for you in our 6 o'clock newscast right here on KXAN. Pope Francis and the Vatican have announced a major shift in the Catholic Church's approach to same-sex couples. The Pope has formally approved allowing priests to offer blessings to those couples. Now, in the document, Pope Francis insists that people seeking God's love and mercy shouldn't be subject to, quote, an exhaustive moral analysis. Now, to receive the blessing, however, the pontiff said such blessings can only be offered if they're not confused with the sacrament of marriage. The Vatican still holds that marriage is a union between a man and a woman, and as a result, still opposes same-sex marriage. And this follows Pope Francis's dismissal of Bishop Joseph E. Strickland here in Texas after a Vatican investigation of how Strickland had been running the diocese in Tyler. While the findings of that investigation were not released, Strickland had been a critic of Francis, specifically his efforts to make the church more gay-friendly. The current justices of the Supreme Court today honored the life and work of Sandra Day O'Connor, who is now lying in repose at the court. O'Connor was the first woman to serve as a U.S. Supreme Court justice, entering the court in 1981 and retiring in 2006. Justice Sonia Sotomayor spoke at the event, remembering the historic justice. I know she is smiling knowing that four sisters serve on her court. For the four of us, and for so many others of every background and aspiration, Sandra was a living example that women could take on any challenge. O'Connor's funeral service will be tomorrow at Washington National Cathedral. She died earlier this month at the age of 93. Well, we're coming up tonight on KXAN, we have part one of the live finale of The Voice, followed by a special holiday edition of Password. Then we're back with KXAN News at 10. And you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here's where to find us over the air or through your television provider.